Welcome to the Word Ministry of Resurrection Church, where Dr. Joseph G. Matera is the senior pastor and presiding bishop. We trust that the following message will be a blessing. Open up your hearts and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you through the preaching and teaching of one of God's choice servants. Hey, this is Joseph Matera. I'm so excited that you want to join us today. We're excited to experience Sunday service every week. Whether we gather together, whether it's online, it's still one big happy family. And today we're excited because it is Palm Sunday. This is the triumphal entry of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I want to pray for you today before we get into the Word. Father, we pray that you'd give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Help us to understand and apply everything that is heard in Jesus' name. So my objective today in this message is to help us to understand that one day God is going to bring heaven and earth back into alignment, no matter what is going on today. And we see a lot of crazy things going on. So some key questions to ask yourself as I am ministering. Are you pondering more on the present darkness, or are you looking at the ultimate victory awaiting all believers? Because in the Bible, especially in the Psalms, there's always a tension between the now and the not yet of the kingdom. In the midst of gross darkness, God said, our light will shine. That's how it's always been in Scripture, meaning no matter what kind of trauma, no matter what kind of pain, no matter what kind of process you're in, look for God to move and show up during those times the most. There's always going to be light in Goshen when there's judgment in Egypt. Another question to ask yourself, are you being informed more by the natural order of things, by the news, by social media, or by the supernatural power and word of God? Sometimes we uh, spend more time in Facebook than getting our face in his book. We allow all of these voices to uh, speak into our life, whether it's our own voice, the voice of the enemy, voice of fear, the voice of friends, and Boy, what happens is we wind up having fear ourselves. Well, when you spend time in the Word of God, the Word of God will shape you and form you and dispel fear and fill you with faith because the Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So who is informing you? What voice are you listening to? Even as God said to Adam in Genesis 3, Adam, who told you you were naked? Who is speaking to you? What voice is leading you. Another question to ask yourself, who is your king? What and who are you depending upon in these trying days? Many people are in survival mode because they don't know the Lord is their shepherd. I shall lack nothing, he says in Psalm 23. If anything, God is able to shut down Wall Street, sports, entertainment, and even a church that just depends on good experiences and crowds in a building on Sunday because he wants us to be still and know he is God. It's almost like a forced Sabbath on the earth. And so originally God intended the heavens and the earth to co-mingle the natural and the spiritual world, the heavenly beings and earthly creatures were called to intermingle together. God created the whole universe as his temple. In the earth, the Garden of Eden was the most holy place where the heavenly council and the earthly council led by Adam met. And uh, that's where God walked. That was 
akin to the most holy place, which was the Ark of the Covenant in the tent of Moses. And so the Garden of Eden, Eden sorry about that, was a very powerful place of presence, a powerful place where God and man walked together. And that's why it wasn't a surprise to Adam and Eve when a serpent appeared, uh, and it was Satan, because he was one of the heavenly beings, and they knew who he was. They weren't shocked. And evidently, there was a way that the heavenly beings and the earthly creatures mingled so much that uh, sometimes they interfaced and were uh, spiritually inside a being that was in the natural. And so it didn't seem to be a surprise when a serpent spoke to Adam and Eve. And so there was a heaven and earth that was joined together. And of course, sin separated humanity. And I want to, uh, from God, and I want to pick up the story there at Matthew 21. And then we're going to go to Luke 19. And we're going to talk about what we call the triumphal arrival of the king, or Palm Sunday. In Matthew 21, it says, Now when they, meaning the disciples, drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus said to his two disciples, He said, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he sent them. And all this was done that might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, set them on them, and a very great multitude then began to spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down palm branches and spread them on the road. And the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Same story, a little different description in Luke 19 verse 37. says, then as Jesus drew near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory to God in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd and said, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you, if these should be silent, then even the very stones would cry out. And so we see in these accounts how Jesus came into the city as king. The Psalms is always talking about how God is the king of the whole earth. And so he was fulfilling the narrative of scripture as king. And he was coming in, sitting on a donkey. Then they took palm branches and threw it on the road. And by the way, it was in the city of Jerusalem. So we see here the palm branches invoke uh, uh, images of the Garden of Eden. And they put it on the road in a city, the main city of the Jews, Jerusalem, which also represents the fact that the garden and the city is going to mingle. We started off in the garden in Genesis chapter 2, and we're going to end in the city coming down out of, out of heaven. It says the holy city, which is the new Jerusalem. And so we see the garden and the city meeting in the king, and that's what's going to happen in the culmination of human history when the garden and the city will once again be united, heaven and earth, the spiritual and the natural. 
And uh, the Pharisees were upset because they heard the crowds saying, Hosanna in the highest. And so we see here how Jesus responded, if they're silent, even the very stones would cry out. So in this narrative, we see uh, the Genesis 1 coming out. We see the animal kingdom, the inanimate kingdom, the rocks, and we see humanity coming together. We see palm branches thrown on the road. We see how Jesus said even the rocks would cry out in worship. And we see that Jesus called himself the Lord over that donkey. And even the cult said the Lord has need of them. Meaning, I'm the Lord of the earth. I'm the Lord who made Genesis, uh, the Genesis 1 story happen. I'm the one who made the animals. I'm the one who made the trees. I'm the one who made the rocks. And I am the Lord and I have a right to this donkey. I need it right now. Thank you very much. And so uh, the palm branches showed a taste of what's going to happen when the whole earth is restored again and saturated with the Spirit of the Lord. It tells us in uh, the book of Haggai that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. What does it mean the waters covering the sea? No one fully knows. We just know the glory of the Lord is going to fill the whole earth. It's going to be amazing. And so, as we understand this, the Garden of Eden was the most holy place on the earth. It was the epicenter of God's power. And as the image bearers of God, Adam and Eve, were the ones that represented God to the rest of creation. And even in any temple you go in, there's an idol that's supposed to be the epicenter of the deity that they worship. And on the earth, man was the image of God we were the ones that people were to go to to get to know this God. And that's why Adam was made in the image of God. And so was Eve. And so as we think about that, we understand how now, after Jesus died and was buried and rose from the dead, the church is the temple of God. The church is now carrying the presence of God. The church is now the carriers of God's word and the image bearers to the world. Very, very powerful. And so when we see the palm branches put on the road, it shows us the call of the church eventually to permeate every city with the gospel, to bring the presence of God, the rule of God, to unite heaven and earth. That's why Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that I want you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so the call of God is always upon us to unite heaven and earth. It doesn't matter if it's a city or a countryside. Some people have given up on cities. Some people think that because of urban urbanization, we can never uh, fully bring God into a city. Uh, they run from the cities. They run from urbanization. They run from places of population concentration. They try to have peace in the, urb, uh, in the suburbs or in the agrarian areas, and uh, there's nothing wrong with the agrarian areas of the suburbs, but I want you to understand that God will show up where people is, and where sin abounds, grace does more abound, and no matter how much our city, and if you live in New York City, we're suffering right now with the supposed epicenter of the coronavirus in New York, let me tell you something, no matter how difficult it is, God is greater than the coronavirus, he's greater than sin, he's greater than the concentration of of sinners, and God is constantly doing something in and through the church, and he's showing up, and he's going to show up in a big way in the midst of this great crisis. I can't wait to see what God does in your life, and we're going to hear testimonies from all over the city and all over the world, and from every city 
in the world. And so we see everything coming together through Jesus, uh, the garden, the city, heaven, earth, inanimate, animate objects, the beasts, uh, like the donkey that represents the whole animal kingdom, and Jesus as the last Adam represents us. Oh, wow, it's so powerful in this story of Palm Sunday. Everything coming together. And as image bearers, we are called to walk in heavenly reality and in the authority of the coming kingdom. And so even though there's a lot of darkness, we are to be a prophetic stalwart, a prophetic voice, a prophetic antithesis to the wickedness, to the fear, to the hoarding, uh, to the narcissism, to the self-focus. And as lights in the world, we are to be a witness and we are to be the ones who love and serve others in this time and during this uh, tragic season in our global history. And so we are the only ones called to live in this world in the midst of this darkness, but as a prophetic type of the victory of Christ that is to come. So powerful. The Bible's filled with these tensions. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, meaning there's going to be a valley, there's going to be death, but God is with me. There's always that tension. If you want to be delivered from, uh, from problems or challenges or even from uh, the people with problems, it's not going to happen this side of heaven. God is immersed in problems because he loves us. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He didn't run when mankind fell into sin. He didn't run from the earth, but he committed himself even more. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that's how we ought to be during this crisis. And so Jesus is the culmination of the story of Genesis. He's the culmination of the whole story of the Bible, the story of Israel. He is the one that brings everything together. And as king, we see that for one day, there was a taste of heaven on earth in the city of Jerusalem. And I believe that even now, God wants to manifest his presence and his glory in your life. He wants to join heaven and earth in your family. He wants you to erect a family altar. He wants God's presence to be there in the midst of fear, in the midst of this crisis, in the midst of concern, in the midst of worry, in the midst of doubt, in the midst of the world's tribulations. Jesus said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Wow. Imagine that, in the midst of trouble, Jesus promised us in the world, you will have tribulation. That's a promise, John 16, 33. But he also said, in me you will have peace, in the world you'll have trouble. Be of good cheer. And so that is going to be the greatest witness today during these uncertain and unsettling times. Walking in peace, walking in joy, walking in his presence, and passing that peace on and that love on to others. And so... As I wrap this up, we need to live in faith, not in fear. That is the prophetic call that we have. We're living in the kingdom, but not yet fully. We're still in darkness and gloom, but yet we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. That's what the Palm Sunday story teaches us. In the midst of all of this, Jesus was king, and his presence filled the whole city even though a few days later he was going to be crucified. There's that tension. It's like a lot of the Psalms. We have a Psalm of darkness and gloom, and the next Psalm is a Psalm of victory. It's amazing. Why did God do that? Why did he juxtapose Psalms in that way? 
because he's showing us the contrast. While we're living in the world, we will have tribulation. We are groaning with creation until the full manifestation of the sons of God. And so while we're groaning with creation, we pray, we love, and we know that nothing, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor things present, nor things to come, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And so I want to pray for you that you will share the gospel during this time, that you will bring the love of God to your neighbors, and that you will have a family altar. Take this as an opportunity. Your children have nowhere to go. You may have kids that are in college that have to be home with you. You have kids that are at home from school because they can't go to school. Wow, you could have dinner every single night together. You could pray every day. Can you imagine? I don't know how long this is going to last. It's a terrible time, but imagine you have the opportunity. I have the opportunity to have dinner every single day with my children, with my family. Pray with them. God works all things for good. Let this be used for good. Reach out to your neighbors who are scared, to older people. See if they need shopping. Uh, see, see what's going on in their life. Share a bag of rice. Do something. What they need more than anything else, even more than money, is toilet paper right now. Share some toilet paper. But anything we can do to show the love of God during this time, it's going to be so powerful. You'll never regret it. You are going to grow through this time. And this could be the church's greatest hour. And so let's pray. Father, we thank you that every one of us who hear the sound of my voice can live in faith and not in fear. We thank you that on this particular day, on Palm Sunday, it's a triumphal day. It's a day when the king unites heaven and earth. It's a day that one day uh, heaven and earth joined in the city and everybody worshiped. Even the rocks would cry out. That one day is a microcosm of eternity. How one day all the trees of the field will clap their hands when God comes to judge the nations in righteousness and inequity. Help us to have our minds fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Help us not be afraid or let our, let our hearts not be troubled, as Jesus said in John 14, because we believe in God and also in him. And I pray, O oh God, Use all of us as lights to this world to share your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, write your comments, connect with us. This is Joseph Matera signing off, and I can't wait to see your face soon. God bless. We trust that you were blessed. For more information regarding our church, please go to our website at www.resurrectionchurchofny.com or call 718-436-0242, extension 0.